It has been another crazy week keeping track of the developments in special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. Over the span of just a few days, two key subjects in the probe made shocking headlines. But does it mean that Mueller is any closer to zeroing in on his target? This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today from Washington is Bloomberg's White House reporter, Shannon Pettypiece, who covers Mueller's investigation. Thanks for joining us, Shannon. Thank you. So break down what happened earlier this week with former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort and then former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen. Well, essentially two Trump associates, uh, both accused of lying. Um, in the case of Paul Manafort, um, I think a lot of us thought maybe the, the story had ended on him. Uh, he had entered a guilty plea, um, and as part of that plea um, that involved um, bank fraud and tax fraud, uh, he was supposed to be cooperating with Mueller's investigation. And then on Monday, uh, Mueller said that they believed he wasn't actually cooperating, that he um, had you know been lying about about certain things, uh, which would put his plea agreement uh, in jeopardy. Uh, so uh, we don't necessarily know what he was lying about, but um, the special counsel's office and Mueller's team certainly thinks he is not being forthcoming about something. Uh, and then uh, just a few days later, uh, another character who I think some people assumed we had seen the last of, for at least for a while, Michael Cohen, uh, Trump's former lawyer, was back in the news, uh, and he had been charged again um, with lying to Congress, and he had uh, previously reached a deal um, with Mueller's investigators, but now they came back and brought additional charges against him because uh, they had emails showing that he had um, misled Congress about the timing for a um, potential uh, development that the Trump company was planning in Moscow. So uh, again, you know, not necessarily anything proving collusion here, but um, proving sort of that two of the sort of key figures in this investigation uh, have not been forthcoming. You know, Manafort was in court uh, earlier Friday, and his sentencing is now tentatively set for March. But what are the chances before or after that that he gets a presidential pardon? Because the fact that he was also cooperating, but his lawyers were talking to Trump's lawyers at the same time, does that mean he was kind of angling for this? Uh, I mean, not necessarily. Um, the president has made very clear, uh, even before this, that he feels that Paul Manafort has been treated unfairly and that he feels that um, none of this bad stuff would be happening to Paul Manafort had Manafort not worked as his campaign chairman for a few um, months. So the president's been very vocal. He's called Manafort a good man. He said he's been treated unfairly. Uh, so that the president does not think that uh, any of this should be happening to Paul Manafort. Um, but the, the president's lawyers have told me that they have advised him as far back as April not to do any pardons while the investigation is ongoing because it could be viewed um, you know, if not in a legal sense, in a political public sense of him trying to interfere with an investigation, trying to, um, you know, issue a pardon in exchange for someone's favorable testimony. And the idea being if you wait until this investigation is over, that reduces um, any sort of allegations or appearance that you're trying to interfere with witnesses. So um, as of this week, the president's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, was saying that, you know, the president has no plans to issue any pardons now, but he keeps the door open to doing that at some point when the investigation's over if he feels um, any of these characters are, um, you know, or, or these witnesses or people who've been uh, accused are, you know, deserving of a pardon. So let's get back to Cohen. What's the significance of his plea deal with Mueller in your mind? Well, 
Michael Cohen has become a very important um, figure in Mueller's investigation. Um, We've been told that he has spent more than 70 hours talking to um, Robert Mueller's investigators. Uh, That is an extraordinary amount of time for any witness in any investigation to spend with prosecutors. Um, He worked uh, very closely with Trump and the Trump organization, not just during the campaign, but for years and years. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot of witnesses in this investigation who um, only sort of came into Trump's orbit during the campaign or during Trump's time in the White House. But Michael Cohen is one of those people who has been there, um, not since the beginning, but, you know, for a long time in Trump and understands Trump's business very well, if not so much necessarily the campaign or his time in the White House. So 70 hours spent with Michael Cohen, um, Michael Cohen cooperating. Um, Michael Cohen isn't going to be able to tell Mueller much about the inner workings of the campaign because he wasn't a campaign staffer. Mm -hmm. But he will be able to talk about Trump's finances and Trump's business dealings. What was it that he lied to the Senate Investigation Committee about that has got him back in hot water? So it might seem like a technicality, um, but there is a sort of a bigger uh, significance to it. He told the Senate investigators that a planned um, development in Moscow uh, had sort of dissolved or fizzled by January of 2016, when in fact Mueller had emails, uh, which Cohen should have been aware that Mueller would have such emails because the Trump org had turned over all of them, uh, between um, Cohen and another developer, Felix Sater, well into June, talking about plans for this meeting, talking about contacts with Russian officials regarding this development, talking about a potential trip either with Cohen or Trump to Moscow um, through um, June. And why that matters, July versus June, is because in, um, I'm sorry, January versus June, is because in January, um, you know, President Trump was just one of a, you know, real large stable of candidates running for the Republican nomination. By June, uh, he was all but assured to get that nomination. So it shows that well into his presidential campaign, even when it looked like he was, you know, all but certain to get that nomination, his company was working on a business deal in Russia um, with, you know, which at that time was an adversary and um, unbeknownst to many people was involved in a very aggressive, sophisticated uh, election interference campaign. But does any of this actually prove that there was some sort of collusion or conspiracy? Uh, Certainly, as the president has said, there's nothing illegal about um, wanting to do a business development in Moscow. Um, It adds to this Um, web of Russian contacts that have been around the president, um, especially around this time period. Not only um, did he have his foreign policy advisor, George Papadopoulos, actively talking uh, with Russian officials about trying to broker some sort of meeting. He had another foreign policy advisor, Carter Page, travel to Russia. Um, He had uh, Russian, you know, this infamous medium, the Russian lawyer and uh, a lobbyist for Russian interests come to Trump Tower to meet with uh, his son and his son-in-law. It it just sort of speaks to this broader, these broader Russian contacts. And um, I think what it what it is, uh, though, is uh, as well is when the president says, um, you know, there's nothing here. Why are you investigating this? This is a, a foolish, phony witch hunt. Well, the number of these contacts and the number of these business connections, financial connections, as we saw, you know, in this latest um, court filing around Michael Cohen, 
give a reason to say why a prosecutor might want to look into this. It, it's not proof of something, but I think it is proof that um, there is a reason for investigators to want to look into something when you have one of the presidential candidates working on a business deal with the very people who were interfering in the U.S. election, um, which our intelligence community has said was to benefit President Trump. It's just another crumb for them to follow. So how does how does the White House react to this? How does the president react to this? Um, very dismissive. Um, the president has just continued to um, attack this investigation. Uh, the press secretary put out a formal statement today calling it the Russia witch hoax, uh, witch hunt hoax. Um, even in the days before this came out, the president was already ratcheting up his attacks again on Mueller. Um, and so they will continue to, um, you know, to attack this investigation and continue to attack Michael Cohen personally, uh, who the president went out to reporters and called a very weak, um, not very smart person and has called him a liar also. Who might be in, in Mueller's crosshairs next? Well, we know that Roger Stone is someone who has come under focus because um, of the number of people who've gone in to Mueller's grand jury to talk about Stone and, and come out and, and publicly said um, you know, that they were interviewed. Uh, that's been going on for months and months now. Um, another Stone associate, uh, Jerome Corsi, was close to having a plea deal. Um, and in a draft plea deal that he, he claims it was a draft plea deal that he gave to uh, investigators, it lays out a, a bit of a timeline where Roger Stone and Corsi were trying to get these stolen um, emails from WikiLeaks and sort of their efforts to figure out what was going on there. Um, So he seems to be the next logical one. And, um, uh, you know, he is a longtime advisor of the president. Um, The president's lawyers have admitted that during the campaign, uh, Roger Stone and Trump were in contact. Um, They said it wasn't extensive, but, you know, there certainly was communication between the two of them. Um, And so, again, another person in close uh, orbit of the president uh, who has some sort of um, suspicious contact, um, this one not directly with the Russians, but in trying to get through WikiLeaks these emails that were stolen by the Russians. What makes Michael Cohen more dangerous? The things we know that in his role as Trump's lawyer, like these business deals we're talking about, and also the previous payments to Stormy Daniels that we've learned about, or is it things we have no idea about that Mueller, that he might now know or might learn? Um, I always remind myself that we only have about maybe 10 pieces of a puzzle. And we don't even know how many pieces are in that puzzle. The puzzle could have 20 pieces. It could have 100 pieces. It could have 1,000 pieces. Um, The only thing we know is uh, that there is very much that we don't know. Um, And um, Mueller is very good at uh, keeping what he knows close to the vest. Um, I think in these um, some of these court filings, I think what is not included sometimes speaks louder than exactly what is included. Uh, sometimes you'll see things break off at a certain point, and uh, he never sort of a timeline. He never sort of finishes the the story. Um, he, you know, there is much that gets left out of these court filings. Um, so I think right, what we don't know um, is sometimes the most telling in this investigation. Shannon, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Make sure to follow Shannon on Twitter. She's at S That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening. And please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think.
I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.